It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Is that R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S? Follow the show on Twitter at L O Thunderpod. Email the show, LOThunderpod at gmail.com. Call into the show, 405-362-7128. Always ways to get connected on the show. This is a very special edition of Locked on Thunder because we are joined on the only podcast every single day about the Thunder. We're joined by uh, Richard Staymore, a.k.a. at Mavs Draft on Twitter, one of the most popular NBA draft year-round Twitter analysts there are. He is amazing. If you follow him on Twitter at Mavs Draft, uh, to discuss the 2021 college basketball season, which starts tomorrow, and the most important draft that the Thunder have ever had, really, as they're specifically trying to tank for the first time in Oklahoma City, uh, and also talk about the Thunder's 2020 class. So a lot to get into today, but Richard, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm very excited for this. I am super excited. I had this idea to to preview the basketball, the college basketball season. I was like, okay, well, who can I get on to to talk about college hoops? And I was like, well, why not Mavs draft? I mean, this this guy lives, breathes, and everything <laughs> NBA draft. So, so let's just bring him on here. I was glad that that you're going to make some time on short notice. By the yeah, way, so I really appreciate that. Yeah, dude. Again, I would not miss uh, the opportunity to talk draft, and especially uh, given what we're going to be talking about, it's a nice change of pace for me. So I'm I'm very excited. <laughs> so I, I want to work backwards real quick because as the Thunder enter their first rebuild in Oklahoma City, I mean they've had a losing season here, but it was their first ever year here. So we were just excited to have a basketball team in Oklahoma City, a professional team in Oklahoma City, and and on that team you also had Kevin Durant or so Westbrook. So that was not a bad start for Oklahoma City. But since then it's been it's been sunshine and rainbows in the sense of trying to compete and always trying to improve even when the odds are stacked against you this year the draft feels different the upcoming season feels different and the prospect that they drafted uh puko has just fans all over the place i mean some fans think he could be Giannis. some fans think he can be a bust and the thunder have targeted this guy alexei pukovicki for so long and this has been their guy they've zeroed in on what were your what were your thoughts on poku coming into this draft and what do you think he can be in the nba yeah he's a super swing for the fences uh i mean the biggest thing for him is if he develops his frame the way i've described people to him or described him to people excuse me is uh he's a seven foot guard like he's a seven foot shooting guard can handle the ball some uh which is crazy to think and i mean his ball handling flashes are just out of this world uh, can come around screens and shoot. I really don't know any seven-footers that can do it as smoothly as he does. Um, I mean, that's the main appeal, and he can also block some shots. However, the competition is weak, so who knows how the rim protection will ever translate. But if he gets stronger and uh, fills out his unbelievably crazy big frame, uh, he's a, he's a, would say, almost surefire star if he, all that comes together. 
So if you had to bet money right now, would you bet on him being a star? In Oklahoma City, yes. Uh, I feel like that's one of the best player development scenes. Uh, so yes. <laughs> that's going to get a lot of people excited on this Tuesday. We're getting ready for Thanksgiving, getting ready to watch some football, watch some college hoops. That's going to get a lot of people excited today. So I think that you're right. I think it's a swing, in, swing for the fences type of pick. And for the Thunder, not only do they have that great player development, but to me, if you miss on this pick, it's not a big deal. It's not going to reset your timeline. It will not reset your rebuild. It's just someone you took a shot on in a draft class at which, okay, you could have either had a solid role player, someone who I think is going to be an absolute uh, role player for you that at his floor, he'll be a contributor, someone like uh, Sadiq Bay or something like that, or Amy Smith. Or you could swing for someone who I think could be Giannis. And so that seemed like an easy decision for an organization in which the draft picks, I don't want to say don't count yet, but don't count yet. I mean, if you miss next year and the years after that, then you're starting to really hurt yourself. But missing this year would not be too big of a deal, especially if you trust this organization. As you mentioned, the player development, I've got to fall back on that now and say, okay, this has been a proven organization that can develop players. And if they target this guy and, and for the first time in their franchise history, let out information out of the bag early and let everyone and their mother know they're going to draft him and moved up to get him out of fear of the Mavericks who are never going to draft him at all, then I got to clearly trust them that they see something bigger in all of this than just a swing and miss prospect. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, again, like you said, to emphasize what you said with them being all in on this guy and making it very public uh, should show how much faith they have. And, and again, like it's all about how much he fills out his frame. Like that's going to be the swing factor for him. He can develop physically, just go ahead and get his Jersey. Cause it's going to be, it's going to be an all-star Jersey one day. <laughs> so I, I want to ask how you would handle it. Obviously we're not NBA coaches, but if I did put you in that room with a thunder, would you, play him in this year. I mean, he's in Oklahoma city. He's going to be a part of this organization, but he's not, you know, there's, it's, it's unclear if he's going to be with the blue, if he's going to be with the thunder, but he is going to be in America. What would you do with him this year? Where would you put him and how many minutes would you give him? Yeah. So I didn't know he, uh, like he is for sure going to be here. Yeah. He year. landed in Oklahoma city. He landed wow. in America today. Okay. Wow. Uh, I would have said normally just stash him, let him play some better competition because he's so far under a normal year, you stick him in the G league for at least one year, reevaluate and then go from there. Um, I don't know if there'll be a G league season, so he's hard to figure out, uh, in a year where I guess Oklahoma city is trying to tank for 2021, I assume, um, why not just try and develop him? The talent gap is going to be crazy though. Like he went from the Greek second league. He's going to be going to the best league in the world. So it's, it's quite a jump. I don't know how ready he is. Yeah. And so to peek behind the curtain a little bit, today is Sunday that we're recording this. And that's whenever he posted on Instagram that he was in America, presumably to come to Oklahoma City, sign the contract and to get started. Um, do you think that this could have any negative impact on him? Because when fans saw that there was a little bit of a, of a population of the Thunder fan base that thought, okay, this is going to ruin his career. He's going to make too big of a jump into the NBA. He's going to get destroyed at the NBA level. And he's never going to recover from this. To me, uh, I can understand that. But to me, if you're going to be an elite level athlete, even failure right now would not affect that. But but what do you see for him this season if he does have a, have a bad start jumping from the second division all the way up to the highest level of basketball in the world? Yeah, I mean, personally, I think the most development he's going to get is going to be in practices. I don't know if he would ever get game time development until the end of the year when like Oklahoma City potentially is trying to lose. Uh, that would be more realistic. Uh, so I don't think for the first few months of when the Oklahoma City Thunder are like, actually playing competitive basketball, I don't think that's when it would be an issue or anything like that. Um, I, I think the practices are going to do him the best uh, because like you said, I can understand again, 
like just to reemphasize what you said, I can understand the mentality thing because the talent jump is going to overwhelm him. Um, I don't think he plays much because of that. I think you plenty of guys develop in practice, let him develop there. That's, that's going to be his real grind and adjustment kind of help him transition. And, and no offense to the overseas listeners, but being able to practice against the thunder is much better competition than that second division overseas. I mean, that's just what it is. I think. Yeah. I mean, the second division has no other NBA prospects. So that's that's where they are. He's 18 years old and will be 18 years old when the season starts. I mean, he's, his date of birth is December 26th. So it won't be 18 years old for long in the NBA, but he will be 18 (laughs) years old. And I just don't see how you can put him out there um, in the sense of just actually doing it now 2k wise sure we're playing 2k let's just play him why not but in, in practicality i don't think that he'll get many many opportunities to play at least for the first couple of months like you said but we'll see where it goes and maybe the thunder are just going to go all in on just just random wacky experience and maybe they maybe they know more about his his makeup than we do but i i think that you're right i would err on the side of caution as you are but one prospect that i'm almost more interested in because as crazy that sounds as we just said that one guy could be Giannis. I'm somehow more interested in someone else. And I was listening to the Giannis draft podcast on, on the Woj pod. I don't forget to listen to that, but it reminded me a lot of what people are saying about Boku right now of like just his story leading up to the draft. But I want to talk about Teo Maldon because I follow your work closely. I follow Kevin O'Connor's work closely. A lot of people love this guy and all of a sudden the thunder got him in the second round. What is your thoughts on just Teo in general? Where would have you drafted him? And what do you foresee for him this year where there's minutes to be had for him? Yeah. And you said, what pick was he like 34, right? Yeah. He was 34. He was, yeah. I think that was an incredible value. I would have hundred percent taken him first round. Um, at the worst, I would have taken him over Peyton Pritchard for Boston. Um, I mean, I've, I like Teo a lot. He was in my top 20 with him. It's he has the coveted tools that I, I don't know why people don't talk about his upside more. Uh, I know he's kind of passive, but like he's what 18, 19 in Europe. Like how many non, like there's very few guys that aren't passive. Like it's obviously Luca and all those, but those aren't, those are different. He has the coveted combination of he has really good vision, can run a pick and roll has the frame. And I love his jump shot and he could probably finish at the rim. So that's three level scoring, playmaking, potential defense. That's the coveted, uh, coveted combination for a guard. And I think he's what, six, four, six, five, something like that. Like he's got it all like on the tools. And if Oklahoma city can develop that, you've got a really nice starting guard next to Shea Gilgis Alexander. And, and that's kind of why I think that this rebuild might not take all too long. You're going to lose for a couple of years, but I mean, you got Shea with Dort Baisley and then whatever Puka can turn into and, and Teo, if we all can agree that he's really a first round talent. And, and again, we agree that the Thunder development staff is just so amazing. Is Teo the guy that you look at for the Thunder and say, okay, for, for a fan base that is trying to watch losing basketball, albeit a shortened season is he someone who there's going to be an immediate impact for or will you still like like poku have him come over and kind of ease into the nba game yeah probably slightly ease into it but i don't think his transition period is long i mean you could probably say like the first month let him just kind of take a back seat and learn and then after that he's probably ready to roll like because he played in a decent league you know it's a lot better competition than poku and he's just so much further ahead on the development curve so you are Mavs draft and your Mavs got my fourth prospect on my big board at pick 31 in Tyrell Terry. Am I crazy for being so high on Tyrell Terry? And what are your thoughts on Tyrell? No, uh, I mean, I like him a lot. I had him 28th, but it wasn't really a knock at him pretty much after uh, I would say like 18 or so. It was like 19 through 
to 40 were all interchangeable. So there's arguments to be made that he's a very legitimate top 20 prospect. Um, I would not tend to disagree, especially now knowing that he's on the Mavs, there's probably some bias. Um, but the guy they traded to get him uh, or to compliment him, I guess, a few picks later is probably a good comparison, which is Seth Curry. Uh, you know, the jump shot is the jump shot is going to be there like one way or another. He's going to fit perfectly with that uh, jumper. He doesn't need to have anything day one else except that jump shot. And with Rick Carlisle, I've seen him be able to hide guards that have not been able to play defense uh, at all and make them into like neutral players on the defensive end. So I'm pretty confident in him being able to hide Terry, who on defense, just one other thing is that his instincts are just so strong. Uh, he knows what he's doing. Really high IQ player, fits right into what Rick Carlisle does. And the craziest thing, and this is why I don't think four is like absurd. I personally wouldn't have done it, obviously, but it's not like the how dare you take he hasn't even come close to developing his frame. He added 15, 20 pounds over the hiatus of pure muscle. And that is only a baby step. Like he is very far from developing that frame. And even if he doesn't fully develop it, if he gets like 50% of it, it's a win. Like he's not going to be bullied around as easily. Yeah. I think that that's just kind of been my take this whole time is that I don't think that people have given him enough, enough credit or enough of a, um, enough of a cushion there, enough of a projected upside for him as they do other people, a courtesy to him. I think that he still has upside. And again, in this draft class, if you're telling me, and I've compared him to Seth Curry multiple times as you have, if you're telling me at worst, he's probably going to be Seth Curry. It's a pretty dang good start in, in a weak draft class like this. So that's why I kind of bumped him up and bumped him up. I love talking to him in the pre-draft interviews and things like that. So he got really bumped up my big board and that's a steal for the Mavs at four. Yeah. And for a second round pick, I mean, that's just absurd. So coming up, I want to move into the future. And Cade Cunningham, the prize of this Thunder tank, I want to talk about him. I want to talk about the, the can't-miss games of the season, how to watch college basketball, and so much more with Mavs Draft after this. I want to talk today about Built Go. Built Go is an amazing one-and-a-half-ounce package that you put in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever. You put it in your golf bag to power through the back nine. You put it in your pocket to just get through the day. So break through your wall. No matter if that is mental or physical, break through with Go every single day. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It is five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for your body. It's like drinking a monster energy drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. They have three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate chip, coconut, chocolate mint, Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is a fast-absorbing protein that gets into your system, and it's easy on your stomach. Collagen protein promotes soft tissue, joint health, skin health, hair health. This stuff literally makes you look better. Visit BuiltGo.com. Use promo code LOCKED. Get 20% off your next order. That is promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we're back on the Locked On Thunder podcast, a part 
of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. The only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. I am Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. Is that R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-A-S? I am joined by Richard Stamen of Mavs Draft. Follow him on Twitter at Mavs Draft. Richard, let's dive into this 2021 draft class, which is going to be so important for the Thunder who have potentially three first-round picks. And I think that all Thunder fans have set their sights on to Cade Cunningham, who starts his college career Wednesday afternoon against UT Arlington at 3 o'clock on ESPN2. He's my top guy in 2021. How good is Cade Cunningham to you, and where do you rank him as of right now before the season? Yeah, it's it's a nice change of pace because, you know, from the 2020 class, we had no guy who was the top dog, especially this early. We had no clue. Um, Cade Cunningham, 100% is the prize possession. Uh, I think he's 6'7". Uh, pretty built out already, can handle the ball really well. One of the best passers we've seen in the last 10, 15 years uh, come out of the draft and can get to the basket at ease. Has a nice jump shot, still needs some development, but it's pretty close to NBA ready. Uh, Just has the whole package. Uh, It's really hard to find someone like him. And he's probably going to have what a lot of recent number one picks have had, which is the team isn't so great, not going to be the most successful. It's not his fault, but he did everything he could. And he's still going to be number one. I, I think there's a very, unless he gets injured or something, it's very hard to see him not go number one. I, I think that he's clear cut number one. I cannot wait to watch him tomorrow afternoon. I cannot wait to follow his college career. I'm so pumped for Cade Cunningham. I mean, to me, that should be the Thunder's target and, and someone that they zero in on. Even if they lose the lottery, package what you need to package to get Cade Cunningham. I believe in him that much. Is that crazy in this kind of draft class where it sounds like it's a it's a much deeper class than last year? Would it be crazy if you lose the lottery and wind up like third or fourth to package assets in the future to get Cade Cunningham? Or is he just that good? So uh, as it stands now, I would agree because I have him as a generational prospect. Uh, you do anything you can. And OKC has a very nice luxury of being able to do anything they can and want because of how many picks they've acquired. Um, I would do it. There's probably three guys uh, that are worth being tagged as almost generational or top prizes. Uh, Kate is far and away in his own tier, though. It's in the top, top tier. And then the next two guys, Jalen Suggs and uh, BJ Boston, they're not bad consolation prizes if you can't move up. So how good is this draft class to be to be a draft class in which you're tanking and possibly have three first-round picks? You talked about it just both before the show and during the show just now about what a great change of pace this is from covering the 2020 <laughs> NBA class. How much better is this draft class than last year? Yeah, so the differences, I would say, um, <clears throat> is on the 2020 class, you get a lot of depth. There's a lot of guys who in most classes should have gone 20 to 40-ish. Uh, that was, there was like 60 of them. So it was very deep in that regard. Uh, 2021, not as deep in the middle tier kind of thing, like the 2020 class in terms of weight depth. Um, I would say the 2021 though, the top 15 to 20 picks are well above everybody else. And especially the top five to 10 are some of the best we've seen, probably excluding 2018, because that's just unreal. Probably the best we've seen since 2015, where it was pretty stacked throughout the lottery, um, at least pre-draft. Uh, perception so it's it's strong it is a very strong class at star power at least it's a very good class to potentially have three first round picks and barring the houston rockets getting into the top four you for sure have two first round picks entering 2021 so i think that you know Cade's the best player overall but to you right now as we don't really know anything the college season has not started yet we're not sure when the g league select team is going to get started if it will get started to you right now Cade's the best but 
Do you have a most interesting prospect this season? Man, uh, it's a tough question because that could go so many directions. Uh, I'll throw a few names out, just quick summaries. Uh, so there's Scotty, uh, Scotty Barnes, excuse me, from Florida State, who on ESPN and his recruiting thing, they put him as a forward. Uh, he was on the point guard watch list by the NCAA. So 6'9 point guard. Uh, like I said, BJ Boston, 6'7, seven, seven foot wingspan, great shot creator, uh, pretty modern wing. Uh, Jalen Suggs, who's a shooting guard, freak athlete, incredible jump shot, uh, can kind of play make, has long arms. I like him a lot. I'm all in on him. And then the others, the other one I really like is Evan Mobley, who for the longest time was the number one in this class, uh, I think until last year, uh, which I guess that doesn't really mean much because they're all so raw, but he's a really long athletic potentially shooter, uh, big man that is one of the quickest leapers I've ever seen. Like he dunks like in the, like the quickest I've ever seen. So he'll be top 10. I wouldn't probably take a big man number one. Uh, so he's probably out of that discussion. But there's a lot of guys that have superstar upside, or at least star upside. So you've been going to these college games for a long time. Of course, watching college basketball, just been investing yourself in the draft. For a lot of Thunder fans, with OU and OSU not being just amazing powerhouse basketball programs, a lot of Thunder fans are just now getting into the college scene and trying to evaluate, okay, who's a good prospect? And so there's a difference between a good college player and a good NBA prospect. And so how do you sift through that? Just basically, how do you watch college basketball and evaluate who is that good college player and who is that really good NBA prospect and what goes into kind of the differences you see from watching college versus the NBA? Yeah, so I mean, I watch the NBA a lot more, especially live. Like I watch the NBA live and I'll watch college on demand, uh, basically during the day if I have nothing going. Um, Like the main thing though is, how guys get past defenders and uh, are they bigger than everybody It's mostly for big men, obviously, but if they rely on just size dominance, because that just does exist. Um, like for example, in 2020, Yudoka has a bookie. He's not going to be the biggest player anymore. He was the biggest player in college. Nobody could stop him. Uh, I don't see that stuff translating. I could, I could be completely wrong, obviously, but uh, basically how they can make up for weaknesses, how they, use their strengths in other areas other than literally being stronger than and bigger than everybody. If they can find other ways when that gets stopped on the rare occasion. Um, yeah. I mean, just pretty much the tr- projectable stuff for shooting as well. Like I, I like seeing guys shoot deeper than just at the three point line. Uh, and if they can do it off the dribble, that's even better. Uh, but unfortunately the college game is not pretty to watch live. I do not recommend if you're going to do draft scouting, do not do it live, find the game on demand. There's so many, so many ways to find, on-demand games. Do not watch it live. It is a bad product. (laughs) As a college basketball fan, I can tell you it is a bad product to watch live as much as I like watching my Kansas Jayhawks. I want to have a little bit of a a tangent here with Yudoka Zabuki because I watched every minute of his college career sadly live with that horrible product in college. But you mentioned something that I've talked about before. I've seen all of Yudoka's career. I think he's a really good guy and a really good person and a really good player that tries really hard and he's trying and investing his effort. I don't see an NBA player though. This is someone who cannot make a basket outside the restricted area. This is somebody who has motor questions. This is somebody who cannot really defend the perimeter. I don't really know what Udoka with the Jazz were thinking drafting him in the first round. To me, he was not even close to a first round talent. Am I just insane? The Jazz are just smarter than I am? No. uh, I mean, that's how I saw it too. Uh, I went back and watched some guys who I found similar to him, uh, like high-end guys, and they they found ways, different ways to score in college and things like that. And it's just, it's hard. You know, I originally, when I'd seen him three years ago, I was like, oh, this guy could be a Clint Capella rim, rim running type kind of thing. And 
I don't think he's really a rim runner. You know, he's getting into a lot better shape, but he's still very far from that. He cannot shoot a free throw. He's a liability when he's on the floor with that. Um, I just, obviously Utah has a good history of developing big men with Rudy and all that, but like, I just, I have a hard time seeing how he works out with that. And there's age questions. I don't, I don't know what to believe on that. Yeah, I'm kind of out on Yuzoka. And I usually give Kansas guys way too much credit, but I just, I don't see it with him. As much as I want to root for him, and he's a great story, a great guy, just basically as a prospect, I just don't see it. You're right, the free throws are just atrocious. Uh, The motor questions, even though he's trying hard, are just bad. But moving forward into this whole, you know, season of basketball, college basketball, I know you don't like to watch the games live, but are there matchups that you look at on paper with, you know, barring any COVID cancellations, are there matchups you look at and say, I cannot wait to eventually break those games down and see this guy go up against this prospect or, or this team with, with the kind of schemes that they run would be a good test to see if this guy can still perform and still shoot or whatever. Are there any good matchups you're looking at that you, that you would check out? Yeah, I mean, and just to be clear, I don't watch, I don't wait like super long. I just wait till the game's over and then watch yeah. it. Um, so like Wednesday, I'm going to be flooding my timeline with Wednesday games, just not watching them as they happen. Uh, for me, I just kind of like for, especially at the beginning, I just kind of like getting a taste of a lot of prospects. I would say any prospect that's on um, is really special, but like the big matchups, uh, I would say are probably, uh, I believe it's Arizona State and Baylor top off Wednesday night. I think it's Wednesday night, it might be Thursday. Um, and then there's also, just because of the guy I mentioned, USC, they only play California Baptist, but again, it's a taste to see what these guys are made of. Um, those are the two that really stand out to me. And I'm a sucker for West Coast basketball too, so I apologize on that. But then, Bay, or uh, I'm sorry, Kansas and Gonzaga, I think, are playing yeah, uh, on, Thursday on Thursday afternoon. That's a good one. Um, and then – I think some of these mid-season or mid-tournaments, whatever, uh, they're going to have some of the follow-up games. So it's kind of hard to say, but those are the whole weekend is filled with prospects uh, going throughout. And then Auburn Gonzaga is the other one. So coming up, I do want to ask you real quick about the G League select team and about more of this college basketball season, as well as getting to your work, but that'll be coming up on Locked on Thunder. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And so we're back on Locked On Thunder, the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. I am Ryland Styles. Joining me right now is Mavs Draft. And the first thing I want to ask you, just real quick, thank you for your time, just allowing us to, to ramble about the NBA draft. But have you given any thought, and I know we don't, we're not really exactly sure how this will look, but have you given any thought to the G League select team of how do you weigh these guys' production and how do you weigh what they're doing on the court? Whenever they're not going up against NCAA talent, but they're going up against NBA veterans, does that give them a huge boost? Does that give them, you know, what does that do for their stock? Have you thought about how you're going to watch and evaluate the G League select team? That's the hardest one. And who knows what's going to happen with the G League as a whole. Um, I'm very torn on how to evaluate all of that because I think they are going to look a lot worse than people expect. And it's one of those things where, for me, if they don't look great, not holding it over their head. If they look great, it's a much, it's a huge bonus. Uh, so I, I'm a little bit back and forth on that because the, like you said, the competition is going to be harder than any NCAA competition they could have faced. 
So just a, a, a scenario out there. If, if someone for the, for the G League select team just goes absolutely insane with insane levels of production against these G League or G League veterans or NBA veteran guys, if they go absolutely insane, that does to you have more weight than, say, Cade Cunningham dominating the Big 12? Yeah, I mean, by nature. I wouldn't necessarily – it wouldn't make me jump a prospect because for mm-hmm. me it's like Cade Cunningham is the top until something terrible like if he just sucks, that's the only way he's dropping. Uh, I won't, you know, the the performance comparisons are impossible, but it would definitely make me consider just moving guys up as a whole. So we've talked about the prospects on the upper end, and do you have a prospect yet, or does it take a while to, to get into the season to know this? But do you have a prospect right now that you're looking around and you're doing your own research and your own work that you just think people, the consensus is that they're way too low on some boards, some under-the-radar guys? Yeah. Uh, so I was, I'll start with the guy who's returning, who I'm a massive fan of. And I would have taken him with the Mavs pick uh, had he stayed in the draft. But Jeremiah Robinson Earl from Villanova, uh, someone I'm a huge fan of. Unbelievably smart. Like You kind of have to be to play for Jay Wright. Uh, can shoot the ball. Really good defender. Excellent athlete. Good passer. Uh, you know, high IQ. Again, he, he does everything right. He's one of those jack of all trades, kind of master of none. Um, that's a guy who I'm pretty attached to as a freshman. I'm kind of just waiting to see if there are some names I've pegged. Uh, I mean, Mobley is one of them, but he was so high that I feel like that's not a, not the best pick, but I guess if I had to choose one other Marcus Bagley from Arizona state, heard he's killing the Arizona state. Uh, uh, what's it called? Training camp. So maybe him would be the other. So just real quick, is this last question for the draft? Is this, the best class that we've seen in quite some time. You think you mentioned that, you know, it compares to the 2015 class. Where would you rank it in recent history? Yeah. So it's definitely not as good as 2018, just because we know, I mean, that's kind of like one of those things until it's proven better. Mm -hmm. Uh, And 2018 is going to hold the throne for a while. So probably up there with 2017, I would say it's pretty close as in terms of pre draft or preseason perception. It's better than 2016, better than 2019. I would say just because, uh, 2019 was pretty weak outside of Zion and Jaw, uh, and obviously Brandon Clark, but and better than this year. So it's it's probably just right behind 2018 as the best draft in the last like five six years. So you're doing podcasts, you're doing articles, you're doing all that fun stuff. What's in store for you next? What's what's your whether your articles you're working on your your podcast? Where can they find all your work? All that good stuff. Yeah, I'm on Mavsdraft.com. I'm uh, taking a little break until the season starts. I'll be doing some film breakdowns. Uh, like I said, a lot of these games, I'm just going to try and do individual just to highlighting what's going on, pros and cons, things like that. They're pretty quick reads, you know, probably minute video, quick explanation. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much what I'm excited for 2021. And you can find you on Twitter at Mavs Draft. Amazing follow, amazing work, just year round draft content, which is going to be very, very important for the Thunder. So thank you for joining us <laughs> and taking the time. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. That is at Mavs Draft on Twitter. I am Ryland Styles. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Be good and be good to one another. We'll see you tomorrow on Locked on Thunder. Perfect ending to a historic day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.